Turn with me to Romans 12 and verse 6. Romans 12, verse 6. Years ago, uh, I was watching uh, a video on a screen after the Sunday evening service at my church. And some words that were being said pierced my heart and showed me that I was lost. And it was just as clear to me as it could be that God was speaking to me. I, I thought I was a believer, but he was showing me clearly that I was lost. And I, have, I still to this day remember the message title that was preached that day. That's how the, the impact that it had upon my life. There have been other times in my life where I've heard, maybe I've read a book, maybe I've heard a message that has impacted me in a profound way. Uh, some messages, some books, some songs are quickly forgotten. Uh, now, don't, you, don't give testimony to that, okay? But... Um, but there are those times where God just speaks to us in such a profound way that we don't forget. And it is put into our heart like a goad that we can, we can base our lives upon it and, uh, and live through the edification instruction that was given uh, to fulfill God's purposes for our lives. Now, I was speaking in terms of an evangelistic message. Uh, I've had times where a song has ministered to me. I remember when when Megan was uh, sick the first time uh, with with her ongoing illness. Uh, there was a time where we thought we might lose her, and uh, I remember I was riding along in my car, and that song "Maybe His Blessings Come Through Raindrops." came on the radio, and the tears began to flow, and God just profoundly ministered to me through that song. Other times, I've been uh, talking with a brother or sister in Christ, and God has just blessed me through what was saying. I remember one friend, I was driving in the car with him, and uh, he, was, he was just talking, not really knowing about my, my circumstance, but uh, he was speaking to exactly the issue that I was facing in my life. And it blessed me, and it encouraged me. Uh, there have been times that people have prayed. Uh, I remember a few years ago, we had uh, one of our deacons came to me after service, and he said, the prayer that you offered today, uh, while we were praying around the altar, was exactly what I needed to hear, and it really ministered to me. It was for me. Uh, that is, is, uh, is something that God sometimes does. Uh, if, if you've ever felt like the preacher was speaking directly to you, this is another case of what we're going to talk about today. But what I'm going to talk to you today is, uh, about today is prophecy, the gift of prophecy. Uh, sometimes when you think of the gift of prophecy, you think of a blue-haired televangelist uh, the kind of wild-eyed, doing crazy things. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. I, I, I was listening to this one guy uh, a few years ago on the, on the TV, and he said, uh, he was telling about a dream he had. He went to heaven, and he said, uh, 
at some point he said, I know more than Jesus. God's revealed to me more than he revealed to Jesus. I thought to myself, that is blasphemy. <laughs> and uh, he said, I know more than the apostles. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think you do. Uh, and so uh, don't, don't associate something that is good from God's word with the abuses of it. Um, but prophecy used in its right way can be a great blessing to God's people. Because basically what prophecy is, it's just one Christian sharing with another Christian, as they feel led to by the Holy Spirit, uh, something that God has laid upon their heart. It could be a scripture. It could be a word of encouragement. Uh, it could even be uh, a cheerful disposition and conversation that you have with somebody who's suffering uh, in the nursing home or in the hospital. But it is something that God uses through your speech to bless, edify, or build somebody up. And it has to be consistent with the scripture. And it is to be tested by God's people. Okay, So if I get up here and I say, uh, uh, God's given me a prophecy that everybody in the church should wear green next Sunday. Okay, Well, uh, there's really nothing in Scripture that would show you that. If you, if you uh, took that seriously enough to take it to God in prayer, probably God wouldn't tell you to wear green the next Sunday. Okay, uh, So we are to evaluate what we hear. Okay, So this is not... The blind following of somebody who, who comes up with just something off the top of their head. This is uh, instead uh, the sharing of God's people with each other to encourage, bless, and edify. And I don't know about you, but I need that. <laughs> uh, and I, I want to have the blessing. And by the way, what a blessing to be with God's people. Aren't we blessed to be able to assemble together and... Um, uh, God has, has given us that, that privilege as his people. And so um, we, we need each other. The scripture tells us that. The hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. The eye can't say, you know, none of us are able to function without the body in the way that God desires us to function. And so we need each other. Paul is writing, and he's, he's talked about the use of gifts, as we talked about last week. When we get to this scripture, he is talking about the gift of prophecy. And I just felt like, because there is so much discussion and so much uh, abuse, misunderstanding of this gift, I wanted to just speak about this gift today and talk about what does it mean to use the gift of prophecy and I think um, this is a very valuable gift because Paul lists it here first. Uh, if you go to Corinthians, he says in Corinthians, uh, pray that you might prophesy. Okay, So he's kind of singled this gift out. So this is a gift that is very, very important uh, to God's people. Uh, I believe that the gift of prophecy could be used through a pastor. Through a Sunday school teacher, through somebody with a gift of encouragement. If you think of, of a, an umbrella under which several speaking gifts may be, prophecy is kind of the general term that, that covers all of those different gifts. Okay, So uh, any speaking gift. The word, by the way, the word prophecy just basically means 
either to speak before, which is the way we normally think of it, or to speak forth. Okay? Now, generally speaking in the New Testament, um, there are some exceptions to that, but generally speaking in the New Testament, what seems to be emphasized is speaking forth. You remember that scripture that says, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your heart to the Lord. I believe that's a direct application of this verse. Okay? So, um, basically, edifying each other through our speech. And Paul is encouraging them to do that. Um, so, we need to follow God's instructions for edifying other people with our words. You may not have the, uh, the gift of prophecy, quote, quote, uh, or even a measure of that gift, but all Christians can be used at one time or another to speak into somebody's life. And uh, if you're a parent, you can speak into your children's lives. If you're uh, a spouse, you can speak into your spouse's life. Uh, if you're a church member, the other church members, okay, so forth and so on. And so God can use us, and we need to be open to be used, and we need to ask God, Lord, Use me as you desire me to be used to edify other people. Through my words, or you may have service gifts, or through my service. Sometimes you may, you may edify in that way as well. So, uh, the title of my message is Instructions for Edifying with Words. Instructions for Edifying with Words. What are we to do to edify other people with our words? That's what we're going to be answering. Look with me at verse 6. Is according to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it in accordance to the proportion of one's faith. So just one verse here. Uh, what are we to do to edify other people with our words? First of all, we need to speak to others. You say, well, thank you, Captain Obvious. Uh, but uh, I, I mentioned that, but simply... You cannot exercise the gift without being willing to speak, okay? And sometimes we are afraid to speak to others, but we don't need to be. Uh, I like what Jesus told the disciples. He said, that, go and make disciples of all nations, and lo, I am with you always. We can trust God to be with us as we speak for him. In an evangelistic setting, at church, with our kids, with our spouse, or whatever situation we may be in, maybe at work, uh, we can trust that as we speak under God's leadership, or even uh, as we share what God is doing in our lives, God will be with us. So we need to be willing to speak to others. Uh, speech can be a very powerful thing. Um, you may have had your mom or your dad say, never forget this and then they said something and you still remember it to this day uh, I, I've had uh, a family member share about uh, uh, his father uh, and what he said to him when he was about eight years old and and now he's he's in his 70s and he still remembers what his daddy said to him when he was eight that's the power of words now you take the power of words and you couple it with the power of the Holy Spirit those words can truly be used by God. Um, 
you may have heard of, of the great awakenings in America. One of the, one of the great awakening preachers, uh, he was a Congregationalist minister. He was a professor at Princeton. Princeton was a very different place back then. Um, and uh, actually a pastor school. Was Princeton. That's how Princeton started out. But, but uh, his name was Jonathan Edwards. And uh, he was a very uh, ordinary guy in terms of his, his persona, okay? He was smart, but he was very ordinary in terms of his persona and wasn't a very good speaker. He had a monotone voice. He had thick glasses, and he would bend down, and he would read from the manuscript his message to his people. Now, I've put my share of people to sleep over the years, but I would guess he had quite a few that went to sleep with a monotone voice. But I want to tell you something. God's power came down upon Jonathan Edwards, and he would speak the Word of God and people would fall under such conviction, they would begin to run down the aisle. Not, I'm not talking about during the invitation. I'm talking about before he finished preaching. They were under such conviction, they would run down the aisle and fall down upon their knees, and they would cry out to God, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. This is the power of the Holy Spirit working through our words. Now, sometimes it's not that dramatic. Sometimes it's a word of counsel that we give to our kids. Or it's, it's uh, just the sharing of, of what God's doing in your life. I had a good friend who, who did that very regularly. He, would bring, he, had a, he had a journal that he would write in during his quiet time. And he would come. We had a pastor's meeting on Monday. And he would come and he would open up his journal. And he would say, I have got to share with you what God showed me in his word today. And he would just read the note that he made. To us, and many times it profoundly encouraged me. Uh, and so God is able to use these kinds of things. We just got to be willing to be used. Uh, I remember a uh, if you if you ever feel discouraged about speaking for God, uh, I had a uh, uh, an evangelist who was speaking about another evangelist one time, and it was kind of not being too flattering. And and I said to him, I said, Well, you know, I have a hard time talking about that particular fellow because he's the fellow that led me to Christ. And uh, he, he, he didn't even bat an eye. He looked back at me and said, well, God used a donkey to talk to Balaam. <laughs> and I just died laughing. I'm not suggesting you use that as your, as your methodology or anything. But, but it does remind us God didn't have to have very good material to use us. He just needs an available instrument, available vessel to speak for him. And so, uh, just be willing to speak. Uh, many times, God will lead you to share a scripture. It seems to be that's the case most of the time. Uh, but, uh, but often, some, there may be a word of encouragement or something, or a word of testimony. I remember one time, I was witnessing uh, to a man, and God brought a story to mind from my past. And uh, I don't even remember what the story was. Okay, that's how significant it was to me. But I just kind of felt like I needed to tell him about this story. And I really couldn't see what it had to do with anything. But I shared it. And uh, I saw a little tear at the corner of his eye. I, don't, I couldn't even tell you why. But some way, God used this particular story to touch his heart. 
He didn't come to Christ that day, but he eventually came to Christ. I, you know, God can use us in profound ways if we're just willing to be used. Uh, there was a book written a while back called Just Take a Walk Across the Street. Uh, sometimes you just got to be willing to talk to that neighbor or talk to that Christian brother or sister who's discouraged and speak into their lives. A powerful, powerful thing. So speak to others. Instructions for edifying words. We need to speak to others. Secondly, we need to listen carefully. Listen carefully. First of all, we need to listen to God's word. God will never lead you to say something that contradicts the word of God. Did you know that the apostles in the New Testament were the authority figures? Um, And they actually were those who wrote the pages of the New Testament or approved of those who wrote the pages of the New Testament that were later accepted into the canon of Scripture. Uh, And so they were the authoritative voices. And uh, Paul elsewhere speaks about the church being built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. The apostles come first. So the apostles were the chief authority. Where do we have that authority represented today? In the pages of the New Testament. Don't let anybody tell you that their prophecy that contradicts the Word of God is true. If it contradicts the Word of God, you throw it out and you don't listen to it. And by the way, did you know God hadn't just given preachers the Holy Spirit? He's given every child of God His Holy Spirit. You know what that means? You can edify what I say or what anybody else says. You can measure that. You can take that to God in prayer. You can say, God, this doesn't seem right to me. And you can go to the Scripture. And by the way, if you, hear, if you feel that in your heart, this doesn't seem right to me, it probably isn't. That's probably the Holy Spirit telling you, hey, watch, up, watch out here. Uh, uh, but uh, you can take that to the Word of God. You can take it to God in prayer. And you can choose whether or not to listen to it. And that's perfectly... That's one of the great things about the New Covenant. It's not just prophets, priests, and kings that have the Holy Spirit upon them in a special way. Every single child of God has the Holy Spirit. So you can evaluate. But we need to listen carefully to the Word of God, first of all. Uh, what is the intent of Scripture? I was in a class of, of uh, this was years ago before I even met Sherry. And uh, I was in this Bible study. And the, the methodology, they go around the room, what does this verse mean to you? That's what the question would be asked in each person. And it was widely different things, widely different meanings, no consistency. And sometimes, and, and I kind of got in trouble with a few people there because I would, when it contradicted Scripture, I would speak up. And... Uh, I don't believe that's the way God intended for us to interpret Scripture. What does this mean to me? It doesn't really matter what it means to me. It matters what was the intention. Uh, First of all, the original author, he wrote to an original group of people. Well, what was the intention God had for his word? The timeless application of his word. Those are the two things that really matter. How do we know the intention? By the context of what's written. Okay? That's why people, a lot of times in cults, will take verses out of context. So listen to the Scripture in its context 
Ask God, Lord, what are you intending to get across in this scripture? And uh, ask him for understanding and wisdom to discern God's intention and the original author's intention uh, of, of writing the scripture. And then you can say, okay, how does this apply to my life? And you can make application in your life. But, but it, it is so important that we listen to Scripture as, in, as it is intended to be heard. Okay? Uh, that will throw out a lot of the wild and crazy stuff that's being said out there. Because it doesn't line up with the message of Scripture. So, listen carefully to the Scripture and then also listen carefully to the Spirit. Some people are very undiscerning in what they say. And I would suggest to you, never say, thus saith the Lord. Because your words don't carry the same weight as Scripture. Okay? They, just, they just simply don't. Um, and so, um, as, you, as you speak for the Lord, do so with humility. And, and listen carefully to the Lord. Make sure you're not just basing it off of your opinion or what you... You know, some people, they'll just say whatever, whatever enters the mind comes out the mouth, right? <laughs> they don't think about it. They're not discerning about it. And uh, one of the marks of wisdom, prophet says, uh, I mean, Proverbs says that uh, uh, the man that holdeth his peace is wise. Sometimes you're shown wise just because you shut your mouth and you don't say what you're thinking. Okay? Um, we need to listen carefully to the Holy Spirit. And... Uh, and if you're in doubt whether or not it's from God, I would be careful about saying that to somebody. Especially by saying, I think God has a message for you. I don't even like to use that. I just like to say whatever God puts on my heart to say. And if it's from God, it'll find its mark. It's, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but but we, need to, we need to be careful that we're not presumptuous. Um, you could do Google searches of, uh, I'm not encouraging you to do this, but I've done it. That's just who I am. Uh, I've done Google searches of, of famous people that claim to be prophets. And you know what I found? Many, many times they have said something that is false or errant. And uh, so just be careful with that. Let God use you to edify others, but don't, don't get the uh, e- Elijah complex that you... You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to put this in the best way I know how to put it. So forgive me if I'm saying this the wrong way. All right. Um, so we need to speak to others. We need to listen carefully. Thirdly, we need to trust God. Look at what he says in verse 6. He says, according to the grace given us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. We need to trust God with what we say. You know, many times I have spoken to somebody who is lost. And as far as I could tell, I had no impact whatsoever. Many times I've preached messages. And as far as I could tell, they had no impact whatsoever. But God works when we don't see him working. Sometimes I've had somebody come, maybe months later. I had one little boy who was saved here. Uh, it was like eight months later. He said, he said, I need to be baptized. Well, why? Well, because way back here, I prayed with a pastor when, when he gave the invitation and gave my heart to Christ, and God's been dealing with me about this. You know, 
I didn't even know God was working on his heart, but God was touching his heart. Uh, another time, I had a lady. Uh, she became very emotional in the service, and she left the service. And uh, I went to see her that week because I thought, you know, that lady very evidently was under conviction. I mean, she looked very under conviction. She wouldn't talk about it, and she didn't come back to church. So I don't know what was going on here, you know, what I said. But obviously something was going on in her heart. I don't know what it was. Another time I had a man come to me and he said, you know, the last two months, it's like you've been speaking straight to me. He said, do you know what's going on in my life? I said, no, don't. <laughs> Half the time I don't know what's going on in my own life, you know. Um, but um, uh, God had just used me in that case through the Holy Spirit's guidance to speak into that man's life. And he came up and gave his heart to Christ and, and uh, was just amazed at how specific God had spoken to his life. Now, I didn't know any of that was going on. I was just preaching. Um, sometimes you could, you could speak. Uh, Bill Faye says, I, I remember every person that ever shared Christ with me. Every person. There were about eight people that shared Christ with him. And he said, you know, he said, I was mean to them, I was rude to them, but I never forgot them. God used them in his life. Uh, trust God. When you speak for God, just leave it with him. <laughs> uh, leave, you know, share that scripture verse. People may, you know, uh, I had another pastor one time. He said, you know, one of the hardest things is to watch the facial expressions of people uh, when you're preaching. You know, and you see that person yawning, or you see that person, you know, they slack-jawed, you know, and their, their eyes are blank, and they look like they're so bored they're about to fall over and die, you know. Uh, he, said, he said, you know, it's, uh, it's tough sometimes to see those expressions. That may not even be what that person's thinking, but, uh, uh, you know, we don't know what God will do with our words, I remember uh, years ago when I was in middle school, uh, our, our uh, football team went to a revival service. And uh, we were all sitting in a pew, and, and uh, one of my buddies, was, he was sitting next to me. He talked the entire time. And I thought to myself, he is not getting anything out of this at all. <laughs> I was just kind of... Um, well... The, the invitation was given, and I saw the tears come to his eyes, and I saw him go forward and give his heart to Christ. See, we don't know. We are called to sow seed. God is the one who makes it germinate and grow and sprout and bear fruit. We're just the seed sowers. We throw it out there, and God does what he desires to do with it. Um, so, we need to trust God with what we say. Um, by the way, the listening carefully, just FYI, in verse 6, my translation says, according to the proportion of faith. It could also be translated according to the agreement of faith. Agreement with what? Agreement with the Word of God. Agreement with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So that's kind of where I got that. So, so speak to others. Listen carefully. Trust God. Hear others. Hear others. Look at verse 6. 
If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. By the way, did you know that God can use somebody other than yourself? He can. As a matter of fact, he probably will. Um, 1 Corinthians 13 says, We know in part and we prophesy in part. That means none of us know it all, and none of us have everything to say that there is to say. So uh, be willing to hear others. Let others speak into your life. Um, (laughs) The Apostle Paul had somebody speak into his life on the Damascus Road, right? Changed the course of his life. Uh, He also had to have Ananias. You remember Ananias came because he'd been blinded by the light? God sent Ananias to pray for him, for him to receive his sight, and for him to be strengthened. Were, not, were it not for the prayers of Ananias, the greatest missionary probably the church has ever known would not have fulfilled his purpose. God used the words of Ananias in prayer to bless Paul. Then Paul rebukes Peter, the rock, right? Jesus also rebuked him. He said, get behind me, Satan. Paul said, hey, you're not acting consistently with the gospel. Before these Judaizers came to the church, you were eating with the Gentiles. But now you're acting like them, and you're going and eating just with Jews. You're you're acting inconsistently with the gospel. And he rebuked him right in public. Spoke into his life (laughs) kind of in a a very direct way. Um, Listen, all of us, if Peter and Paul need it, You and I need it, don't we? We need others. And sometimes, I've been using examples of rebuke, and and we do need rebuke, and we need friends who will speak the truth in love. Not in meanness, but in love. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I pride myself on speaking my mind. You know, I hear people say that sometimes, and and the translation of that is, I say whatever I want to say, regardless of who it hurts. And that is not godly. Uh, but speaking the truth in love is an important aspect of the body of Christ, and, and we need each other. Uh, then uh, also, hear those words of encouragement from other people. Uh, I was taught, you know, if God brings somebody to your mind in prayer, in your prayer time, and you lift that person to God in prayer, God gives you the freedom to do it. Send them a a message and let them know what you did. God laid you on my heart today to pray for you. Or perhaps I read this scripture in in the Bible and I thought of you. And uh, I just wanted to share this with, with you to encourage you. Hear those words of encouragement. As people are led to encourage you. Oftentimes, God is using them to lift you up and build you up and give you strength to keep going. Uh, W.A. Crystal, years ago, uh, was singing, It Pays to Serve Jesus. He was in his dorm room and just was in the mood to sing, so he lifted his voice. It pays to serve Jesus. It pays every day. It pays to serve Jesus every step of the way. And he was singing this song. What he didn't know was on another floor, there was a man who was discouraged who was packing up his bags to leave seminary. And he heard him singing, and he changed his mind. 
Years later, he came up to Criswell at a convention, and he said, uh, Dr. Criswell, uh, you, don't, you don't know me, but uh, I, I was blessed through your song. And I changed my mind, and I'm in the ministry today because of the song that you sang. Could there be a person who needs one word of encouragement today? Such an important thing. Listen to others as they speak encouragement into your life. Um, Such an important thing. So, instructions for edifying with words. What are we to, to do to edify other people with our words? We're to speak to others. We're to listen carefully. We're to trust God. And we're to hear others. So, uh, if, if you tend to have the gift of gab and God tends to use you to speak to other people, uh, do it faithfully to the glory of God. Uh, if you're quiet and you tend not to speak to people and you tend to serve, serve God. Uh, but be open to speak for God. Because sometimes you people with a gift of service have a tendency to open people's hearts to the gospel. And, uh, and when you speak, a lot of times people listen because you don't normally speak, right? The person that tells you every day the same thing, you're probably not going to listen to that person as much as that person who maybe speaks at an odd time in your life to encourage you. Be open to speak. Uh, and, and follow God's instructions uh, to, to encourage to uh, be cheerful in a situation of mercy and to provide encouragement there. Uh, to provide direction, maybe. If you've got a gift of leadership, uh, maybe the Holy Spirit uh, uses you and your speech to lead others on a path. Um, if it's from God, they'll follow. I, I had a professor who said, uh, he that leads with no one following is just taking a walk. And so, uh, but if you have the gift of leadership, you have a gift that God has given you. And when it comes from God, others will follow that leadership. And so, uh, be willing to speak for God, however that looks. If you're an organizer, however it looks, be willing to speak for God. And you'll be amazed at what God will do as you're faithful to speak for Him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word Thank you for giving us, as your children, the Holy Spirit, so that we can speak into the lives of others. Use us, God. Help us to be available to you, to be used with our kids, with our spouses, with our uh, friends and fellow church people, Father. And let us be instruments in your hands. People who are lost, help us speak with them. And Lord, let us see you do a great work as we speak for you. And Lord, if there's someone here today that doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day they would come to faith in Jesus Christ. And I pray it in his name. Amen. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, uh, you do not have the Holy Spirit living within you yet. But you can uh, by making a decision to repent of your sin, to put your trust in Jesus Christ for eternal life. And Jesus died for sin. He rose from the dead in mighty power, uh, so that we could be forgiven and have eternal life. And if you will surrender your life to him, and you'll receive that gift of eternal life and simple trust, he'll save your soul on the authority of God's word. Okay? You can do that in your heart right now, where you sit. You can say, Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. I trust you. 
I receive your gift of eternal life. And on the authority of God's word, he'll save your soul. And, but let us know about it if you make that decision so we can pray for you, provide some uh, things for you to help you grow, and uh, some next steps. Uh, and if, um, if you make that decision and you're on the Internet, please let us know and put something in the comments so we can pray for you and uh, help you however God would have us do. Uh,